This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 41, with guests Nina Voss and Lisa Fassel. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Suvorova, and welcome to today's very special episode. It's the first time on the Women Authors of Achievement show I get to welcome two guests. Nina Verse and Lisa Fassel both have extensive background in the startup scene as investors, founders, and advisors. In 2016, they founded Female Founders, Europe's fastest-growing community of entrepreneurial women, where they solve the two biggest pain points in the European tech ecosystem. First one being access to funding for female-led ventures, and the second one, growing visibility of female talent. On today's episode, we speak about why Austria is gaining reputation as a hub for female startup founders and why you should lead today in order to shape tomorrow. When you feel like you want to learn more about the show, find us on Instagram at waa.berlin. In the meantime, enjoy the conversation. What a day. Welcome to the studio, Nina and Lisa. It's a truly special episode with both of you coming all over from Vienna to Berlin. And I also get to record a very first episode with two amazing women at the same time in the studio. Welcome. Thanks Hi. for having us. So ladies, before we speak about female founders and the important mission you are on with creating access to funding for female-led companies and supporting recruitment of female talent, What is your background and how did you come to the startup ecosystem in the first place? Hi, I'm Nina. Um, I've basically spent the last 10, 11 years, uh, so my full professional life in the tech and uh, venture community in Europe. Mm -hmm. I'm based in Vienna nowadays. I am Austrian initially. I studied business and uh, in the very beginning of thinking about my career, I actually thought I would end up in the cultural industry. So I always saw myself at either like a big museum or a music company um, on the business side, um, did lots of internships in that space, and then had the idea to do one thing that is different from the arts and culture space. And that was actually by accident venture. And I did an internship at the venture capital fund called Speed Invest, which I then stayed at for eight years. Eight years. And you were first you were principal and then you moved to marketing and community, right? Yes. How come? So the fund grew a lot in that time. Mm -hmm. So when I joined, we had uh, 10 million under management and five companies only that we had invested in. When I left, we had around 400 million and 140 companies. So for me, in that eight years, I had this amazing opportunity of, on the one hand, really doing investments, especially on the B2C side but also exploring my uh, community building skills. And both of that was actually very formative for me as the person I am today. And building a community for um, portfolio companies that are spread all over Europe mm -hmm. was such a huge and interesting challenge mm -hmm. that I'm still very happy that I moved mm -hmm. into that direction because nowadays I can actually combine both very operational skill set of really working with early stage entrepreneurs, but also having invested in them myself. So combining that is something that um, also gives us as a team a spin today that is super interesting. Yeah, I would imagine it's like perfect skill uh, mix to kickstart or accelerate or anything, because as you said, it's best of both worlds, operational yeah. and also you got invested into startups. So that's pretty cool. What about you, Lisa? So I also studied business administration. So this is probably something that we have in common. 
next to some other things. And initially, I studied business administration because I always wanted to go into management consulting. So I always wanted to work for BCG or McKinsey, like really one of the big firms, because I was fascinated by this idea of actually supporting companies, I guess, and helping them to be well better at what they're doing, create better products, etc. And actually, I never heard the term startup during my studies. So I studied mm -hmm. business administration in my bachelor's. And after five semesters, I was done and I was like, Okay, so if I want to move to one of these big consulting firms, I need to do something for my CV, you know, do some voluntary work, etc. And by accident, like a lot of things in my life, I have the feeling now looking back at it, it just <laughs> happened by accident. I met a guy at a party and he was telling me that he's organizing a startup event. And I was like, okay, cool. What's a startup? And um, what is the event exactly going to look like? He also started business, business administration and he couldn't really explain what a startup was. And I was like, okay, let's, let's learn something about this ecosystem and this industry. And so we ended up organizing a startup event. And I I think I basically fell in love with the people who were running startups mm -hmm. because they were so different from the people that I've met before. Because at the same time, I was making some experiences in the consulting world. And the difference in terms of personalities and how people approach problems and what they're doing was just, I mean, more than obvious. And what I especially loved about the startup community was the people were so passionate and positive. And they were like, hey, I can do something and I can bring some change to this world. And I thought, I think if I could choose, I would prefer to be this kind of person and not the type of consulting person, mm -hmm. I guess. And so I sort of ended up in the ecosystem and obviously stayed there for now. I think it's yeah, almost 10 years, actually 10 years. Quite a lot. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, when you have some careers in mind when you're studying, you will have some specific expectations, I mm -hmm. guess. But Now, looking back, some things really just sort of randomly happened. I mean, you can also say, well, it was opportunities and I took them. And, you know, by doing stuff, you're building your network, you're learning something, you're meeting new people and you just get introduced to a lot of things. And yeah, so it happened. And Female Founders also is quite a, an interesting story in terms of how it got started. But I think we're going to come to this later. Definitely. But Lisa, what I also would like to know is you're working as a vice president at the Austrian Angel Investors Association. How do you balance that with your work at Female Founders? And also, how did you come to working in the startup world a little bit from a different perspective, working with angel investors and also working with the authorities in Austria? I think the one point is how I actually managed to combine those because I think there's a lot of learning opportunities basically everywhere. Mm -hmm. I generally like to summarize those things with building resilience that is then also important for female founders themselves. But how I sort of ended up doing this was again sort of by accident or by chance because I used to work at universities, do some research and actually started a PhD researching this topic mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship and working with university spin-offs, which I think is just one of the most interesting fields because there's just so much potential there and so many exciting technologies coming out of universities. And, but then I got an offer from the Austrian Angel Investors Association and I'm glad that I managed to pronounce that name because it's really tough sometimes. And they just approached me because they, well, sort of got to know about me through the ecosystem, basically. And they were looking specifically for a person that is coming from this operational side mm -hmm. and that has the network in the startup ecosystem and that sort of understands what it means like to be connected with the founder side and also build things on their own. And um, they offered me this job. And in the first moment, I was like, how should I do this? Because I have no investment experience at that mm -hmm. time and I'm not connected in the investment ecosystem. Also, I did not particularly have sort of the most positive image of angel investors, to be very honest. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, that's interesting. And then I met the people who were in the board of that organization. And I just thought, okay, this is a bunch of really cool people. And they are not just, and I'm not going to be sort of provocative, 
but not just a bunch of old mm-hmm. white guys putting some money into young people and having fun and, you know, drinking champagne and just discussing what might be happening in the future. But those people actually really care and they are driven and they're very keen on changing something and doing something meaningful and important with the money. And um, I think it was one of the biggest opportunities in my life to some sort because I met so many people who became mentors, supporters, and now also friends. And I think this was just one of the most fortunate developments. And therefore, for me, it was obvious that I would like to give something back also to mm-hmm. this community. And this is why I'm also having this position as a vice president there. And once you're part of this kind of organization and when you're part of an ecosystem, and especially when you're an entrepreneurial person, you realize that also sort of the entire environment for startups and also for investing needs to be good in order to actually make this ecosystem thrive. And so I thought, okay, it's also important to do something on a political level. And during my time at the AIA, in the managing director position, I got to know a lot of politicians and started these discussions. And at one point they offered me to become, well, more involved as the official startup ambassador to the government. And I said, yes, because I think something that is very important in general is not only complaining about things and highlighting the things that are not going that Mm. well, but you actually need to do something. And that's like part of the DNA of an entrepreneur, I guess. And so, yes, I'm trying to balance all of these things. And I think it's only possible because I'm working with insane teams, like in all the positions that I have. It's just Mm. really people who make this entire thing work and that I trust completely. That's amazing. But now I understand why female founders in such an amazing track, uh, because having two people so different and so complementary to each other, it's wow, this is a powerhouse. (laughs) Based in Vienna. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel it. But let's speak a little bit uh, about Austria, since you're, dear guest, coming all the way from Vienna, Austria. What is the state of the startup ecosystem in Austria, in Vienna, maybe particularly, if you could share some highlights? So I think the ecosystem has developed quite a lot. So as you know, we've been, you know, doing some work here for the past 10 years. Something that is pretty cool to see, especially in the last couple of weeks slash months, is that we're also seeing some unicorn companies for the very first time. And I think this is going to have a tremendous impact on the entire ecosystem. Because yes, the ecosystem kept growing in the past 10 years, definitely, but obviously could have grown way faster also compared to other hubs in Europe. And when we're super realistic, Vienna is not part of this, like probably 10 hottest cities for startups in Europe yet, but it's going to get there definitely because a lot of players in the ecosystem, whether it's public ones or private ones, and obviously also startups, they are just doing a great job in doing so. Mm -hmm. And everyone really cares about also putting Vienna more on the map. And I think generally Vienna is a great place to live. And I think this is also one of the reasons why especially female entrepreneurs really love the city because it's safe, it's clean. It's nice. It's also when it comes to prices, comparably cheap to other European cities. Mm -hmm. So I think this is something that also makes it super attractive. And different reports actually show that Vienna is one of the hubs or actually the hub for female entrepreneurship in Europe, because there's different organizations that are particularly focused on empowering women, not only in the startup Mm -hmm. field, but obviously also in that that capacity. And I think this is something that everyone really cares about and sort of diversity and this focus on humans and improving the life of humans is also part of the DNA of the city. Like when we look back in the history of Vienna, basically human sciences have been like a very, very strong part of basically everything that Vienna really cared about, whether it's Mm -hmm. universities or the companies. And I feel this is something that you're also seeing right now in the development of the startup ecosystem. 
Yeah, I mean, what is there to add? I mean, what we see and what we very much uh, appreciate and also support with the work that we are doing is that in the past, Austria and specifically Vienna had kind of a hard time to choose like the topic it wants to stand for, right? Mm -hmm. So if you also look at the successful companies, they are very different in terms of the industries they're pursuing and also the business models um, they are putting out there. So what we see now and what goes hand in hand, luckily, with many of the things that we were working for is that diversity, so not an industry, not a business model, but actually um, a bigger vision is something that can be very well connected uh, with the city and with the startup ecosystem and where it's going. And that's, of course, also from our point of view, looking at the future and also looking at the state of the European tech ecosystem, something that is super important and where All of us, also Austria and Vienna, definitely have a very long way still to go. But it's good to have like this first seed that is planted and that is also recognized by the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. But if we just boil down a few examples why Austria is gaining reputation as a hub for female startup founders. Lisa, you mentioned there are some organizations, there's also mm -hmm. some supporting entities and companies out there. What are those specifically? So on the one hand side, it's really also public initiatives, like also mm -hmm. the city of Vienna, Vienna is putting a lot of effort into actually fostering entrepreneur, female entrepreneurship specifically and entrepreneurship in general, because they are realizing that Vienna is not the type of city where you would have a lot of industry, but where you would have a lot of knowledge driven companies and also tech companies. Um, so they are doing a lot. Also, our government and well, obviously, also thanks to the work that we are doing and that uh, I'm doing as the ambassador for startups here. I was really wish that some of the ministers were jumping on this topic of female entrepreneurship and they were saying, yes, we want to do something about it. So it's obviously female ministers and they're really putting this on the agenda and investing some money. And also generally, when it comes to Austria, a lot of public money is invested in a lot of initiatives and also the public funding ecosystem is like huge. And now this sort of public funding for companies is getting attached to criteria connected to diversity. Mm. So, yes, startups would get a bonus, for example, when they have a diverse team which obviously brings some change because now it's not about punishing startups for not being diverse, but actually giving them an incentive to actually change this. Uh, and I think this is something that is having a lot of very positive impact. And then there's also several private initiatives and also a lot of corporates actually jumping on this. And also the rather small but growing VC ecosystem is uh, also doing something about their diversity initiatives, like when it comes to the portfolio companies, but also on an investor's level. It's amazing to hear that there are such incentives in place and very dangerous to hear for the listeners because they're mostly Berlin-based. So now they're like, hmm. <laughs> Let's go to Vienna. <laughs> Vienna seems a good place to be. So we will be welcoming them with very, very open arms. Well, yes, it's good. It's good that we have such a uh, place as female founders in Vienna. So it could be second home. But coming to you, ladies, how did you two meet? And how did the idea of starting female founders started? I know there's a story behind it, so I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of myths actually about how we met. Oh, wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and Nina actually solved this last year for my 30th birthday um, because we basically met through work. So rather boring story, I guess. But uh, the sort of urban legend was that I once reached out to Speed Invest um, and I was asking for money for a startup event that we were running. So basically for the one that I talked about in the beginning. And Nina was saying, no, we don't have marketing budget because we are VC. You were like, I will remember her name. Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's on my list. <laughs> and she obviously was, but then for different purposes. 
Uh, the realities, yeah. yes, we got introduced <laughs> at one point because people thought it, um, it made sense that the two of us met, not because we were particularly focused on female entrepreneurship, but just, well, we were women in the ecosystem. And I think at one point people or women just got connected to each other and we met digitally and then at one point physically or in person in Vienna and uh, kept in touch basically for a couple of years until it was this point in time where we got this push to actually start female founders. And now I'm handing it over to Nina to talk more about this push because it's actually, I think it's not a fun story particularly, mm -hmm. but it's probably a very good example of some that sometimes an external push is needed to actually get something started. And this mm -hmm. is something that we're also seeing quite often when it comes to startups and the founders that we work with, that they need to have some kick in the butt to get stuff done. So it actually started out, so we were having these conversations of catching up and also being sparing partners because we are similar age um, with a very high ambition level where you're constantly looking for people that are similar, but still different um, in order also to like grow as a person. And uh, one thing also back then already, one of uh, Lisa's core strengths was actually networking and really connecting people that should meet. Mm -hmm. um, and especially with you, but also with my role at Speed Invest, um, it was the case that we met so many women that did not know each other. And also that nobody else seemed to know in terms of uh, being an expert, being uh, maybe an investment target, uh, being a future employee, etc. So um, we did a lot of one-on-one -on -one connections which is always nice and everybody is uh, thankful, but which is, well, cumbersome because, yeah, tons of work, you also forget stuff, etc. And then uh, the idea was born, actually not a very creative idea, but still a good one, um, <laughs> to uh, build a network for all of these people being in the tech space, being female or wanting to support females in tech. But still, that was an idea, but uh, apparently at one point it uh, basically... People heard about it. Then actually a journalist called us up um, mm -hmm. and was like, okay, so I heard you're doing this. When is your next event? I'm going to write an article about this. And then we were like, okay, shit. Um, we don't have a network or an event or anything. It was just an idea, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was Friday night when she reached out. Yeah. So this is also like quite important. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, then, well, it was put into action because, I mean, Not using the opportunity of getting press coverage in a relevant news outlet. I mean, that would be kind of crazy, right? So we set the date, chose a location. And then already at the very first meetup, there were close to 50 people, which for Vienna in 2016, uh, for a women-only audience, uh, was also impressive for ourselves. And which was also impressive for many people in our community, especially also our male peers, who still had the urge to tell us afterwards, yeah, nice what you achieved there, but honestly, hosting event, that, that's just annoying. You will do this for two times and then it will get lost. Mm -hmm. Well, luckily, many, many years later, we see that we did not lose interest. We got lots of traction. And then step by step, building this on the side in the beginning, we saw how much impact you can actually have, even with um, a little something that you are starting like in the hours after your full-time job. So, yeah. And you're doing this for six years, right? Yes. Exactly. So tell me, how do you work together and how do you complement one another? I did already had the feeling that there's a definitely amazing sign energy because you're coming from very similar but yet different a bit mm. background. So maybe you could tell more. Yeah, that's actually quite funny because... 
when you would look at the CVs and also at our LinkedIn profiles, you could be like, okay, that's kind of a similar background, but our personalities are really very different. How do we work with each other? So our team, because we usually ask our team, so what's the feedback also for us as founders? Because we think that's quite important. And they tend to describe us as sort of a black and white to one point uh, on many levels because, and well, it's also visible in the things that we're wearing sometimes now looking at our clothing. Um, because also when it comes to the task, but also how we approach things, we just take different angles. So maybe I'm going to talk about you and you're going to talk about Happy me. Happy to do that. <laughs> because I think that's also quite uh, hopefully interesting for the audience. So Nina is definitely the kind of person who is like very realistic and very good in operations. So she is doing things where I'm just like, how can she do this? I would go crazy if I had to do this, which is also connected to accounting, for example, bookkeeping, talking to accountants, although I love our accountant, I have to say, she's a very cool person. And Nina's also taking care, you know, of making sure that things are actually running and really being put into operation and that things make sense and that it's actually realistic to achieve them, um, which might give some insights on what sort of <laughs> way of how I approach things. And she's obviously also, you know, very good at bringing things to, or coming to the point and being very precise. And um, I think, no, I'm just going to hand it over to you and then I'm going to add my words of how this is actually like falling into place, I guess. Yes. So thanks for the kind words. Um, I feel seen um, very much indeed. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so adding to that black and white comment um, that's uh, very, very accurate because uh, when I would describe Lisa, it's really about communication and also communicating vision, which is super important for what we are doing. And being realistic mm. is, of course, important on getting stuff done then at the end of the day. But having a second Nina would be terrible and female founders wouldn't exist. Let's be honest. Yeah, same for two Lisas. I mean, yeah. honestly speaking, no one needs two people like me. I mean, this would be horrible even for me, <laughs> one of the two. No, seriously. Yeah, most probably it would be. So we definitely no. do not want to create copies of ourselves. And what is connected to being a person that com can communicate vision is then also looking at our team that it's primarily Lisa, who is also the go-to person for our team. So mm -hmm. we make decisions as co-founders also on how we uh, deal with uh, problems in the team or also on um, who we are choosing to work with. Uh, but it's Lisa who is responsible really on uh, talking uh, to our team members on a regular basis, also in one-on-ones, uh, giving feedback and really helping them to get the very best version of themselves. And this is, of course, something that is an essential part for a very young company like ours that has grown a lot um, in the last uh, 24 months, especially. So um, it's really about people skills. It's about convincing people internally and externally to work with us, to invest in us, to join our team. And um, also being yeah super resilient and someone that uh, can actually also motivate people, um, and which is obviously a great asset. That's super nice. That's nice. We're, ha we're having yeah. a little session with like gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's, that's just so important. Also being like very honest. So I think something that Nina is also very good at is like also analyzing people because I'm a people's person as Nina just described that I, I tend to trust people, maybe sometimes even too much. And Nina is like really the one who's doing like the background check and really like digging into the core and really figuring out if this is actually bullshit that people are telling us or if, if this is actually true. And I think this makes quite a good combination because also our combination of 
let's call it realism and optimism, usually meet sort of in the middle and therefore helps us to really build a strategy that is not only very visionary and very big, but also actually achievable and manageable. And I think this is something that, well, every founder team should basically have. And again, even if you seem to be similar, we're not in many aspects. Also when it comes to, I mean, the things that we're doing privately and other aspects. So uh, I think we were very, very fortunate to actually meet by, you know, by chance, I guess. So maybe that was that was meant to be because obviously the person that you're building a company with is the person that you're spending the most time with. And we've mm. also had times if because we also want to show a realistic of, you know, how it works to be co-founders. Um, and we've had times where it was like super tough, not because if the two of us didn't match mm-hmm. or just had different opinions of where to go. But as a company, you experience situations, unfortunately, quite regularly, where it's just like, what the heck is this really meant to be? And I think being on your own would just not be doable, at least for me, because you need someone that you can also talk about your worries and your fears, but also on a positive note to also celebrate successes. Mm. And I think this is a weak spot for the two of us really celebrating and the successes are the small things that are happening, but we're getting better at this, definitely. It's amazing, I think, to have that sparing partner with whom you could, as you say, you could uh, be honest, transparent, but also the other person will hear it and might come up with a solution like, hey, but exactly. sh- shall we do this differently? So it's not just like talking to a friend and being like, ah, this and this didn't work. And the, the person is just like, well, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Hopefully it will work out next time. But when it's your co-founder, it's actually one of the ways to finding a solution because you communicate amongst each other. I love it. You spoke about growth a lot. So how much did you grow in the last 24 months? <laughs> what, what happened Oh, my there? God. <laughs> So our team grew from actually including ourselves four people to now 21 people, which translates into roughly 17 FTEs, Mm -hmm. which was not planned in that pace. But luckily, our, yeah, our business um, enabled us to actually do this. So what happened basically in the last six years is that uh, four years out of this, we did this on the side. And then roughly basically in the fourth year, both of us decided to leave our previous full-time jobs to really focus on female founders. Mm -hmm. Why was it fourth year? What happened there? So on the one hand, the community grew significantly and it grew because we were putting content and programs out there that were relevant. So we achieved like this first, definitely not final, but this first product market fit with what we did back then. This was especially around our startup acceleration program. So already from day one, when we did that program, we had a very pan-European approach. We've always had participants from really all over the continent, which also enabled us then to really talk to VCs, tech companies that were interested in getting to know these startups. And um, with this, this was also the very first time when we could uh, also properly employ and pay a team member, which was um, a game changer, of course, uh, really in terms of responsibility, but also in terms of how professional you can act as a program and as a brand. And with the feedback that we received from the community members and specifically the startups we were working with, we saw like how big the need for communities like ours was at that time and still Mm -hmm. is today. And uh, then we saw, okay, the opportunity is huge, but this needs more power, more resources, more people working on that. 
And then it was like, okay, so we can either hire somebody now, like more people that are then also responsible for, well, setting up a budget, onboarding partners, etc. Mm -hmm. Or we can do it ourselves. And well, we were both at points in our lives where this was more and more becoming an option. And then in the same summer, both of us decided, okay, if the other person is doing it, then I'm also doing it. <laughs> With Lisa being the one uh, making like this first statement of, I can see ourselves doing that. What do you think? Let's discuss this. Mm -hmm. And then we really got into this mode of, okay, how can we do this? Very mm -hmm. practical again. Also in terms of money, as this is, of course, a big step to leave a job that is great um, and pays you money. Just, yeah, you show up, you get money. Versus being responsible yourselves uh, to actually generate that budget that will give you money. And we took that decision. And uh, then when the day one of our first proper work at our own company had arrived, it was March 1st. And COVID was already in the media. So it was at the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. It was getting more and more clear to me rather late, I have to say that this was going to be a thing that was so severe that it would, well, lead to all the things that we have now seen in the past months mm -hmm. or years, that we then in March or like mid-March, when all the lockdowns started in Europe, we had to basically throw away everything we had planned for the company that we were just starting, wow. which was What really scary. That's a rough start. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was a necessary one, to be very honest, because... I think one of the biggest mistakes that you can make is becoming more comfortable. And fortunately, we had to adapt quite um, quite fast because otherwise the business would not have survived. And obviously, this was not the best time to start this because it was exhausting. I mean, if everyone is, uh, if someone is telling you something else, then that this was an exhausting time, the person is lying. I mean, honestly, people were basically telling everyone that now the world is going to go crazy, that we're going to have big economic downturn. And everything is going to be super, super difficult. And we still did it and we survived these two years of COVID now. And now the next crisis that is happening, I think it was actually, and it's super weird to say this, but for us, this was like a good experience in mm -hmm. that sense that it really forced us to think differently and be better and be better than the things that we saw in the market, be better than potential competition and just really redesign everything and not just rest on the things that we had achieved because this would not have been possible. And this actually, this transition to being this digital first company in terms of our programs, in terms of everything that we're doing, in terms of building mm -hmm. this digital community, helped us to grow that fast and faster than we actually ever expected. Admirable. And you spoke about the program. So I know you have Accelerator Program and Leadership Program. What are those two? So... The Startup Acceleration Program is actually the thing that we started with. Also, the story how we ended up doing this sort of happened by accident, but we're not going to dive deeper into this. It just it happened and we're very grateful that it did because we initially got some first public funding to actually do so. As mentioned, Austria is good in public funding. And um, we've now running a program that is happening twice a year. It's focused on really early stage startup companies with at least one female founder that is about to raise money and that is really going down the investment route and that really wants to raise money after completing this program. So this is also our promise to the founders who are participating that we make them investment ready and give them access to a network of investors that they would not get that easily and especially not that fast otherwise. And that is already working out super well because we're seeing a lot of applications. So mm -hmm. it's roughly 250, even more applications these days per batch. 
and we take 10 startups per batch. So there's quite some quite some interest in mm -hmm. the program. And what what is your stake then in those uh, startups? Or We don't take a stake in the companies. So it's equity-free, which was a decision that we made quite early on, actually. On the one hand side, for the reason that uh, we think that doing proper investment management is not possible with having small shares in the companies. Also, we were not in the position to actually invest ourselves back then. And so we thought, okay, we need to find a deal that is fair for the startups and that is really putting the interest of founders first, actually. And I think this basically describes our approach generally at female founders that we really, and this is not just something that we put on our value page on the website, but something that everyone on the team really believes in, that everything that we do is about the people and also the kind of companies that we support and the technologies should be about people because the only purpose of technology from our perspective is to improve the lives of humans. And therefore, this needs to be core. And the people who are building this kind of products needs to come first, because without amazing founders going through all these crazy things that are happening as a founder, there would not be an ecosystem, there would not be investors. So they need to be core of everything that's mm -hmm. happening. So that's a startup program. And then there's the leadership program, um, which started sort of at the same time where we're not focusing on companies, but really mm -hmm. as women, as leaders, because no matter if you're building your own company, if you have a leadership position in a scale-up, or if you're an operator in bigger companies or in a VC ecosystem, being a leader sometimes can be super tough. And this is not only about making decisions that are connected to strategy, but it's also especially about managing other people and making mm -hmm. sure that they are happy and satisfied and contributing something to the company. So the core of the program basically is to create leadership styles that are state-of-the-art, so to say, that are helping people to deal with the challenges that they're facing in their day-to-day mm -hmm. -day work, but that also helps them. And I think that's the most essential part to be as authentic as possible, because mm -hmm. we think that leadership needs to be more authentic. And it's really about sharing the, you know, the reality of business and the reality of how you also feel and act as a leader. What has been the most common ask of the women participating in the Leadership Accelerator program? That's actually a very good question. So I think it's really a question on how to react in specific situations mm -hmm. and how to especially motivate teams and how to lead teams also, especially these days, obviously in a remote setup. So it's really this and on the other hand side, more connected to like this personal topic is how to actually balance life. I mean, this is one of the challenges that we're all facing as leaders, let's face it, because, you know, having a career, being successful, managing a team, managing your private life and being your own human being that also has the time to, you know, do the things that you enjoy can be super tough, especially in a fast paced environment like the startup ecosystem. So I think that's probably the number one challenge. And then it's really about motivating people and also helping them to achieve balance and living a meaningful life. I left the best for the last, and it's actually not the very last question, but it's still <laughs> one of the last ones around female founders, mm -hmm. which is about Lead Today, Shape Tomorrow, which is Europe's leading event for female entrepreneurship, aiming to create meaningful connections among over 2,000 participants. Huge. What are you ladies looking for the most in this year's edition? So it's really um, the goal to bring founders and investors together. And it's um, honestly amazing to see the magic of when these two groups come together and the people start interacting and really start discussing potential investments. So that's the core of what we're seeing, um, like relevant networking and really providing a stage for uh, female-led startups um, to pitch their tech company uh, in front of a relevant crowd. Mm -hmm. And obviously, investment is not 
everything that is connected to Startup Life. So it's also the goal of the event to really showcase the amazing diversity of experts mm -hmm. that are in our community and are associated with our community, mm -hmm. both in terms of um, where they're coming from, what kind of skills they're bringing to the table, mm -hmm. um, their success stories, but also their learnings they want to share with other entrepreneurs who are just starting off with developing their company. Mm -hmm. So when we build events like that, it's really thinking about the very core of the event, which is the goal to be a value add to every uh, participant. Mm -hmm. So if you join our event, which I hope, then you should have at the end of the two days, on one hand, a relevant learning for you as a person or as a startup leader. And on the other hand, at least one new relevant contact uh, to really make sure that your business can grow and your business is uh, successful. But will it also be relevant for someone who does not have a business, but maybe exploring to other companies that they can join? Definitely. Okay. So what we see is that, especially in the focus areas, which is uh, very much connected to our bigger vision, so um, fields that have an impact on society, such as climate tech, health tech, um, but also education, HR. So topics that affect all of us, And that can make a huge, huge difference in terms of where the world will be going and where also our like future generations, like how they will live on this planet Earth to really learn about what is on the market, mm -hmm. what kind of technologies are out there, and also what could be potential touch points if you are a person that is just starting to explore like this great world uh, that is out there. That's awesome. And it's happening June 1st, 2nd. Yes. Now, the most challenging question of the night, uh, Nina, Lisa, this is something I ask all my guests here. Uh, who would you nominate as your woman author of achievement? Now I get to hear two answers. I'm intrigued. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start. And uh, now it's, well, actually going to be even more than two people that you will be hearing from us because it's already me saying two people. And um, it's the two founders of the OXO Catalyst Fund. So it's um, Geza and Tina, who probably everyone knows who is listening to this podcast right now. At least I hope, because uh, if not, they should definitely look them up. We also used to work with them um, already. And I think what they're doing in terms of raising this VC fund and actually writing big checks in female-led companies is something that is really changing the ecosystem. Because... We see a lot of talkers in the entire startup ecosystem. I mean, let's be honest about this. And But we also think that true change now also needs to be connected to the fact of actually investing money in female adventures. And this is going to have a tremendous impact on the entire, not only VC landscape, but the entire ecosystem. And I think they're really like the best role models in that space right now. And they are a huge inspiration, I think, for all the women who are now looking to step into VC. And um, therefore, I think they deserve an award and I think they're already nominated for several awards and that's well deserved yeah definitely so for me it's also really it's such a game changer if women are also on the driver's seat when it comes to distributing money because this will make such a big difference on the entire ecosystem so I'm also happy to basically nominate two people because they also belong then to one brand who are also investors they are my ex-colleagues who I still appreciate a lot in terms of what they're doing and what they are bringing to the table in their discussions with uh, gender diverse teams. 
So it's two partners at Speedinvest, actually. So one is based here in Germany. She's called Marie-Helene Amatsreiter. Hmm. Uh, she's Austrian, uh, but the has uh, an amazing story um, as a manager herself being in the telco industry um, in the 90s. Uh, for sure, also not always an easy um, path to maneuver as a woman back then. The second person at the same fund is a very powerful woman. Um, her name is Tipali Nancha. I hope I pronounce her last name now correctly. If not, I hope she excuses it. She has done multiple angel investments already as an individual over the last 10 years, I guess. She is based in London, super well connected. And the amazing thing about her is that she uses her connections to really open up the space for people who are just joining the ecosystem, which is crucial and which is something that still not everyone does, even though we should all do it. And um, seeing the two of them actually in the driver's seat of such a huge fund, um, I'm very excited to see what kind of investments they will do now in the future, because I think they can become like even more impactful in what they are doing mm. if they really manage uh, to make a difference at a big brand like that. So uh, I'm watching them very closely. Do we get to hear them speak at the conference? That's yes. actually, yeah, good. but that was really like by accident. And that's, by the way, very good choices. But yeah, all of them are going to be at the conference. You yeah. see, that's excellent. That's where we can all meet them if exactly. we're there, right? Yeah, that's one of the goals of the conference is that you actually get in touch with those women who are now role models to make sure that there are more role models actually coming up and more women are making their way into Love the system. Love it. Love it. This is excellent. Thank you for sharing the names. And I loved recording this episode. First time, two guests in the studio. Thank you so much, Nina and Lisa, for coming to the studio. I think we learned so much about your pathway into the startup ecosystem, how you founded female founders. And sometimes it's really about someone giving you a little push into starting your own thing. And it's never a perfect start. So that's always a good reminder for us all. And also sharing about the Austrian ecosystem just makes me want to visit Vienna ASAP. <laughs> Please come. So we will show you all the beautiful things connected to female entrepreneurship and also food, which is a combination that you should explore. Nice. Thank you for coming. Thank Thanks you. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.